turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah, a different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. It's going to be a jam-packed week of some fantastic guests, some fantastic content, and some amazing information that you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm so excited to kick off this this program and a theme throughout this program about uh, partnerships. And uh, the author of the book himself, uh, Dr. Tim Friends, who uh, just published a fantastic a uh, new book together with his co-author, uh, Dr. Seth Silvers, uh, called Meaningful Partnership at Work, How the Workplace Covenant Ensures Mutual Accountability and Success Between Leaders and Teams. Dr. Friends, Tim, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Sean. Absolutely. Really I'm, I, yeah, I've, I've been very <laughs> excited um, for this conversation because the pandemic altered not only the way in which we work, but also the relationships we have with coworkers. And now more than ever, both leaders and their teams crave deeper connection, more authentic relationships. So Tim, um, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. How did you get into this uh, concept? And tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a full-time professor at St. John Fisher. I'm department chair, Department of Psychology. Uh, this is in Rochester, New York. And uh, I, I actually am really happy to be on this show because my degree is from University of Illinois at Chicago. So a uh, little right outside of the loop there. Uh, so I live in Chicago for five years and, and do miss it there. Uh, but this book was really the culmination of a lot of work between me and my co-author, Seth Silver. And uh, and I have to give credit where credit is due. The initial idea is Seth. So where did it come from? It really came from Seth. And Seth and I have been uh, colleagues, co-workers, consulting partners, co-teachers, co-authors now for years. And um, back in the early 2000s, he told me about this idea, um, his intervention called the Workplace Covenant. And we've really spent quite a few years developing this, me from the academic research side and him from the practical consulting side. So that's where all this came from. Uh, we we joke that I am a professor who consults and he is a consultant who professes and we work together that way. So, <laughs> Well, you have a partnership with your co-author and as, as well as, of course, and uh, through, through your firm, uh, Friends Consulting. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very exciting to see 
what you talk about over here, again, how the workplace covenant ensures mutual accountability and success between leaders and teams. So, uh, Tim, let's let's talk a little bit about it, because I want to make sure our listeners finish 2021, um, you know, very, very strong um, within their workplace and obviously set the foundation for success in 2022. So what is that most important concept in the book regarding uh, regarding uh, that workplace relationship? Well, what we see is, and this was enhanced during COVID, is that so many workers uh, feel this anxiety and isolation and discomfort. Um, And this is causing, uh, as you know, so many people to leave their jobs. And the key problem that so many people see is that relationship with their supervisor, their manager, whoever is their person to whom they report. And it it really is causing so much strife in the work, workplace today for so many different employers because people are leaving in record numbers, as I'm sure you know. So what, what we see is it's not just a one-way street. It's often this two-way street of frustration where uh, a team leader, uh, a CEO with their executive team, whatever level that is, often says, about their team. Well, I really like my team, but I wish they would respond quicker to email. I wish they would uh, uh, give me the information I need sooner. I wish they would solve those little problems by themselves. I wish, I wish, I wish. And we see the same thing with the team members. Well, I wish my uh, leader, my team leader, my manager, my boss would communicate more about organizational strategy. I wish that my boss would give me more direction. I wish my boss, here's one we hear all the time, would stop micromanaging me. I wish, I wish, I wish. And this two-way street of frustration is really what we're trying to resolve. So in our book, we talk about a mindset of meaningful partnership, a model that we call ERTAP, empathy, respect, trust, and alignment leading to the end, that goal of partnership. And then finally, one medium through which people can create this dialogue to end that two-way street of frustration, the workplace covenant, a process that encourages ongoing and continuous feedback up and down. It's a two-way street of communication to make those implicit expectations explicit. That's powerful, powerful stuff. Again, I'm chatting with Dr. Tim Franz, an organizational psychologist, professor of psychology and chair at St. John Fisher College, and certainly that Chicago connection. Uh, you know, some brownie points for you, uh, Tim, for sure. Um, but we're chatting about his uh, new book uh, written with co-author uh, Dr. Seth Silvers, uh, and it's called Meaningful Partnership at Work, How the Workplace Covenant Ensures Mutual Accountability and Success Between Leaders and Teams. I know it came out in August, and it's certainly available. We'll uh, share uh, the link. Uh, before the end of our segment together, um, I want to talk about that. Uh, that uh, some of the uh, some of the homework assignments. I that's a theme uh, on Get Down to Business, but I love to give people something that they can do, something practical. So um, we we are this program on a Sunday night. That means that you've got a, a week ahead to uh, to make an impact in uh, in your workplace. Tim, what would you like to see our listeners uh, put into action this week? 
Well, uh, can I give two homework assignments? Please. Okay. Extra credit. Assignments. Good. One that's extra credit. So first of all, most people today still, this is nothing new. This organizational um, researchers have been talking about this since the early 1900s. People still crave recognition, a feeling of being valued and being heard. And so one thing, and I know I constantly have to work on this with my students, with my colleagues, I'm department chair, so I lead a department, I'm a team leader, so to speak, um, is giving that ongoing, specific, positive feedback. And a lot of times when Seth and I work with clients, we do a a process at the beginning of one of the sessions where we'll do what's called a one-minute compliment. And you have to compliment somebody for one minute, and then they can only say thank you in return. Um, Now, in real life, you can't do that, but it reminds people to give that recognition. And number two is to think about a way to understand the implicit expectations you have and find ways to make those more explicit, to try to find ways to end that two-way street of frustration. Now, the workplace covenant, of course, is one way to do it, but creating that sense of an ongoing dialogue. The reason I gave them in that order is because that positive recognition will build the trust in your relationship, something that everybody needs. And then you can have that continued ongoing dialogue to improve the relationship and make sure that both the team leader and the team feel supported and more importantly, can be successful. Well, if you accomplish both of those, again, you get uh, extra credit, not only in my book, but also in the uh, book of uh, the uh, the chair at St. John Fisher College, professor <laughs> of psychology and organizational psychologist, Tim Franz, the author of Meaningful Partnership at Work, How the Workplace Covenant Ensures Mutual Accountability and Success Between Leaders and Teams. It is a fantastic read, and we're going to continue in that theme of partnership after a break, but I really want to make sure our listeners pick up a copy of the book because we've only scratched the surface in our short conversation here on Get Down to Business. Tim, where can people learn more about that, as you say, the team building process and about your practice? And of course, pick up a copy of the book. Well, on my website, uh, teambuildingprocess.com, certainly all the information is on there. Uh, Seth and I both are very active on LinkedIn, posting articles, podcasts, interviews regularly. Um, And those are the best choices to get a hold of us. But to get a copy of the book, certainly it's available on Amazon, or you can buy it straight from our publisher, Taylor & Francis, uh, Rutledge Productivity Press. Well, it's uh, it's a great read and in a very important topic, um, whether you have a small team or a large team, uh, setting up that accountability uh, and instilling, I love this piece in the book, instilling shared purpose and commitment um, for effectiveness, um, all very, very important pieces. Again, uh, Tim, friends, thank you so much for joining us. Pick up a copy of the book, Meaningful Partnership at Work. And I look forward to uh, staying in touch with you, Tim, and, uh, and uh, sharing more of your insights, uh, again, through those social platforms. A quick break, more small business and jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I am so excited for this conversation. I am joined by Eileen Gordon, the recent CEO of a Fortune 500 food company who was named to Fortune's most powerful women in business five times in a row, and Fortune International's list of most powerful women in business twice. And Eileen and her husband, Bram Bluestein, a seasoned executive in his own right for several global consulting agencies, uh, are on a mission to guide career folks, men and women, total success. So uh, I don't want to waste a minute over here. Eileen and Bram, welcome to the program. Thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> it's exciting to have you. You guys are doing some amazing, amazing things, and I cannot get enough of your brand new book, Doubling Down the Secret Sauce for Dual Career Families, which was just published at the end of October. And you are helping so many corporate workers succeed in a very, frankly, high stakes C-suite. So Eileen, let's get started with you. Um, why uh, Why did you end up in this world of uh, this cut, cutthroat world of business? Um, what, what, what gave you that entrepreneurial bug? You know, I always, um, and, and again, uh, very excited to be here, but I always wanted to solve problems. And that's what business is really about. It's solving problems and communicating well. And I always had that in my background. I met Bram at the Boston Consulting Group, and that was very focused on problem solving. And we helped open up the Chicago office. So we were very excited to end up there. It's fantastic. And I know that, uh, again, uh, Chicagoans, I know that you're very passionate about your city, uh, very pa passionate about Midwest values. I know you're recording right now from uh, out of state, but your, 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 your heart is in Chicago, which is great. So, Bram, over to you. I know that, um, that Doubling Down is not a business book per se, but more of a game plan. So why did you and Eileen sort of take the time? It sounds like you, you're, you're both busy, as well as, of course, uh, celebrating uh, marriage for over 42 years. Why did you take the time to write this book, again, Doubling Down? So Eileen and I um, uh, have had very successful careers. We met at the Boston Consulting Group, as, as you said, and, and over the course of that, of that 40 plus year marriage, we figured out how to navigate both a, the corporate world as well as the requirements of having a family. So, so we, used to, we started off talking about two careers and a family. And we developed a presentation that we uh, walked around a couple of business school campuses and we got tremendous positive response. We learned kind of where there were nuggets that people could take away from our own experience and apply it to their own situation. That caused us to kind of pull everything together into a, an article that we wrote. And uh, on the basis of that article, um, we decided to uh, extend the message and memorialize it because it, just doing it by presentation is only a moment in time. We think this book can be timeless. And it is a prescription for people who um, don't have a cookbook for um, how to be successful with two careers in a film. Oh, that's that's amazing, and you're uh, you're around, and I know that uh, our listeners can't see you right now, but you're around, and and uh, and and right right next to each other uh, here to uh, here to uh, to tell that tale. So I guess it is it is possible. So for our listeners that are tuning in, obviously we're having this conversation in uh, mid to late November of 2021. 
uh, you know, COVID certainly has uh, has put yet another sort of wrench in this. Where often, again, those dual career couples are literally working side by side, perhaps in a different room, maybe a little bit of a different workspace. But what's that one nugget, that one homework assignment that you would have for the busy professionals that are out there? Eileen, let's start with you, and I'll ask the same question over to Bram in a moment. Yeah, you know, I've used my um, my networking. Um, organization in Chicago to meet many couples and having been a CEO of Fortune 500 company that's given me great entrance uh, to that and having built up my career. And so the one nugget that I learned about um, during COVID especially is I met some very great couples that actually split the work. And when I call it work, split the responsibilities of being parents. So I loved that when I heard the story of somebody uh, who was on call from six in the morning till 12 noon. And then her spouse was 12 noon to 6 p.m. And during that time, they could work, but they also were on call for the kids, whether it was home learning. So I thought that was a great way of showing the sharing. And in fact, a lot of people say to me, you know, now that people are coming back to work, um, having been vaccinated, that companies um, are very open to hearing from couples what they need to be successful in the future. A lot of couples want companies to make policies. And I found in my career that companies were always open to whatever proposals that I made. So I think that that is the lesson that we really emphasize in the book, to be proactive as a couple and talk to the company about what you need, whether it's during COVID or post-COVID. And Bram, same question over to you. Uh, hopefully you're on the same page on this one too, but I'm just curious for the, uh, for perhaps the men that are out there, what, what perspective do you have on, uh, on, on, on how that works? So, so all men who have joined, uh, gotten into a dual career um, situation, uh, by and large, it starts with an intent to, to, to obviously create a, a, a marriage uh, with equal, equal equality, and uh, but the the problem is is that there's a there's a gap between the male intent and the male reality, and uh, so coming out of COVID is your opportunity to set a new plan. And before you were office based and and you were dealing with those challenges, now you're home based. But what are the three or four things that you're going to do in order to uh, achieve an equal relationship with your wife so that you're supporting them in their career? And the book is full of ideas like become a, a development, an alter ego, which we call, which I, I call Mr. Gordon, or set a Saturday night policy, which ensures that you have at least one romantic evening um, a week, or um, uh, you know, as as Eileen said, you know, set some rules around who's going to do what and when and how often, so that uh, and if you don't want to do it, it still has to get done. So you better build a infrastructure that allows you to get done. Um, so those, those I, are words of wisdom for sure. Those those are the you know you just have to close you have to commit yourself, and this is a great opportunity to restart a commitment to have an equal relationship over time. And, you know, as people start to travel, one of the ones that I love is, and we talk in the book about the 48-hour rule, 
which is that we um, had a policy as we raised our kids and worked on our careers of that if somebody came home Friday night, we didn't really want that person to leave until Monday morning. So the family would be together for the two days. And we found people love that policy. Um, and it's a policy, you can say it with call rules and policies, but it's important for couples to lay those ground rules out. Right. You know, the 48-hour rule we, we developed when we realized that in order to have a weekend, you really need to have two quality days. And if you, you're going to travel Sunday night, you've cut the weekend time in half. And that means that either you or your family are going to suffer. So the 48-hour rule protects that uh, emotional event, which is absolutely essential in order for you to go back to work on Monday morning fully charged. And that's that, that's fantastic. Um, we are running uh, close to the end of our time of our first conversation because I know that there will be many. I'm chatting with Chicago's power couple, um, Eileen Gordon and Bram Bluestein, um, a couple married for uh, for uh, for for over uh, for over 42 years um, that uh, have that met at the Boston Consulting Group and have recently published this just absolutely incredible, incredible book, Doubling Down the Secret Sauce for Dual Career Families. And we've been talking about some of those nuggets of information of how to have that 48-hour rule and how to uh, how to have that blueprint, essentially, for career success, personal success, and financial success. But I don't want to give away all of the secrets in this conversation because I want everybody to pick up a copy of the book. So Eileen, can I, uh, can I ask you to share, where can people learn more uh, about uh, again, uh, the, the Chicago Power Couple, as well as uh, I know you're publishing a blog and have a lot of uh, great uh, content and information that's out there. Well, what I would recommend is that people go on our website, which is called doublingdownthebook.com. And we talk about on the website, our background and how to order the book. And that's probably the best way to get that information. It also lays out how to contact us for other thoughts on the subject. Fantastic. Well, Eileen, I cannot thank you enough um, for sharing your expertise with our listeners. And Bram, thank you as well. And um, congratulations on the success. I certainly look forward to, uh, to bringing you back on real soon. But we do have to squeeze in a very quick break. Some headlines, commercials. We'll be right back here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dot. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. This week's theme is really all about partnerships. We've uh, we've already had some great conversations. We've got some great uh, additional conversations with amazing entrepreneurs, uh, people making a difference in their communities, and that's what we do here on Get Down to Business. Speaking of what we do on Get Down to Business, we also provide a lot of expertise, and uh, I would encourage all of our listeners to get a hold of Tom Mirabali at healthplanchicago.com. He is the health insurance guru, Everything Affordable Care Act. So check out his website, healthplanchicago.com. Amazing, amazing resource for all of our listeners. But it's some additional expertise. Believe it or not, the end of the year is a good time to begin the process of starting a business. Contrary to what many of you might think, there are some solid reasons to get the ball moving on your new business idea and iron out some wrinkles before the new year, which, believe it or not, is right around the corner. So uh, a couple of uh, seven, to be precise, reasons why pursuing business ownership later in the year is actually 
a really good idea. And the first is regarding 401ks. If you're planning to tap into your 401k to finance your dream, the market is moving into a period often referred to as the Santa Claus rally. And I'll be honest, I didn't know much about this prior to researching this topic. Um, but 401ks may be near their highest annual value at this time of year, even with Taking into account the recent volatile market activity, it remains near all-time highs. If using your retirement funds to buy a business 401k, business financing is of interest, and the year may be the very best time to get started if you want to make the most of the funds in your nest egg. And interest rates are still affordable. SBA loans from the Small Business Administration continue to be an extremely affordable way for business owners to secure capital with prime interest rates just over 5%. Even with rate hikes this year, rates haven't been this low since the 1950s. In fact, um, I've been seeing that uh, many uh, rates are averaging a 96% closing rate in SBA loans, while big banks average only 23%. So as always, make sure you're going to your local banker, your local small business owner um, when you are looking to get your business started. And if you're interested in buying an existing business, now may be the best time to negotiate a deal. Many entrepreneurs who sell their business around the holidays are hoping to close their books by the end of the year. If you're able to move quickly and close the deal, the seller may be willing to lower the price and offer more perks. Few small businesses experience immediate success when they open their doors. It's time to, it takes time to make that process run smoothly and to generate the kind of consumer interest that will translate into sales. But if you can open a business at the end of the year, use the days and the months leading up to the new year to take care of any front-end logistics. So business is fully operational by the time that ball drops. And beat that paperwork rush. In order to become a legitimate small business owner, you need to file a lot of documentation, a lot of paperwork with local and state governments, things like business licenses, permits, tax IDs, and so on. And by completing these forms before the turn of a new year and filing them sooner rather than later, you'll not only avoid having to deal with government office closures during the holiday season, because we know that that is inevitable, but you will beat the rush that inevitably comes as people try to get things filed before the end of the year. And there are some savings that you can take advantage of. It's not just consumers who can benefit from the many sales and coupons offered during this time of the year. As stores prepare to clear inventory, you can save on office supplies, office furniture, and other startup expenses for your new business. And finally, finally, your seventh bit of advice is the surge in spending that accompanies the holiday season makes it the perfect time for a new business to increase its sales potential. This continues to be true at this time of year, with Deloitte predicting holiday sales at over $1.10 trillion, growing 5 and 5.6% from last year. If it's a matter of deciding when to open the doors, consider doing so in November or December to take advantage of those boosted profit margins. Another possibility is hosting a soft opening in December and celebrating a grand opening after the new year has rung in. Whether you're ready to take advantage of these benefits and start the entrepreneurial journey, securing business financing should be that first step. Similar to buying a home, you could get pre-qualified early in the process and allows you to scope out the perfect business that fits your budget and lifestyle. I'll post more of these tips, advice, and information. But again, to recap, it is definitely a good idea to consider starting your business now, even in November. Uh, against conventional wisdom of waiting until that fresh start of January, consider getting started right now. As we said, if you're 
planning on tapping into your 401ks, uh, there's a uh, there's a good opportunity to do it now. Interest rates are still affordable. Business brokers and sellers are often more motivated to make that deal. And you want to iron out those wrinkles before the new year, beat that paperwork rush, take advantage of year-end savings and cash in on holiday revenue. Uh, more advice, uh, tips, and information will be available on my website at shalomkline.com. Speaking of which, on my website, you can download the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And our podcasts are available on your favorite podcast app. And please take a moment, leave a rating, um, share it, review it. It really makes a difference and helps other people find our show, which is all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We've already had some great conversations in the show today, which is really a theme all about partnerships and collaboration. We've already had one couple on the program. And coming up after this very quick break, we're going to have yet another couple making a difference in the nonprofit space because this is the season of giving. Um, and uh, and definitely that's the theme that I'm hoping to bring into our next conversation with Sue and Ron Racino uh, after this very quick break. But as I mentioned, uh, be sure to get in touch with Tom or Bali, healthplanchicago.com, who can help you with some of those last minute health insurance discussions before the end of the year, healthplanchicago.com. Get on my website, shalomkline.com, and follow me on Twitter, at shalomkline, where I post a lot of great content, tips, and information. Again, a quick break, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship after this short commercial break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've been really excited for this conversation because uh, many of our listeners know how passionate I am about the nonprofit world, about uh, about fundraising, um, and I'm so excited to be joined by yet another fantastic couple. Uh, that is Sue and Ron Racino from Racino's Fundraising Professionals. I am uh, super excited for this conversation um, because we're going to talk about uh, the fundraising field and some of their work with the nonprofit uh, space. But first, I want to get to know the pers- the people rather behind the microphone. Sue, I'll start with you. Can you tell our listeners very briefly about yourself? Oh, of course, of course. Well, um, I have been in fundraising for um, like 40 years. It's unbelievable. The business has been around for 30. I was in fundraising for 10 years before that. I got this great idea to um, help small to medium uh, sized nonprofits with their um, communication plans with their donors. And um, the rest is history. We um, we started the business and it's gone very, very well. We specialize in um, helping nonprofits with their annual fund. And if you know anything about fundraising, annual fund is all about what they raise annually. And it's constantly increasing every year. They need more dollars and donors. And so we work with our clients on planning and strategy, uh, data analysis, data mining, copywriting, production, acknowledgement programs, retention programs. We work with all of um, those types of things with our, um, with our clients. And now over to your uh, passion, your partner in passion, rather. Um, that's uh, that, that's Ron right over there. How did you um, how did you develop your passion for fundraising and nonprofit management? A lot of people I know from being in the space, a lot of people view it as a as a chore and just a, a sort of a necessary step. I know that you don't feel that way. I know that you love what you do. So tell our listeners how you developed the, your passion. Yeah, you, you know the thing about it is there's a great need out there to to for. Uh, 
nonprofit organizations to help people. And I think that's that's where the passion comes from, is that we realize that we're playing um, a small but significant role uh, in, in helping nonprofit organizations raise money to to help people. That's that's the end product, the end result of of what we do with with the annual fund work that, that we do. So that's that's what continues to get us up in the morning to go to work is is that we know that homeless shelters, uh, people who who need that service are being helped. People uh, at hospital found who, who depend on hospital foundations, uh, educational institutions, who students who need scholarships, especially uh, what with the pandemic and uh, community college students losing their jobs and having to drop out of school. We're helping all those kinds of people with the work that we do with uh, nonprofit organizations. Well, you feel really good getting up in the morning, and uh, I know that uh, keeps your, uh, your your days and, frankly, your nights uh, busy. Again, I'm chatting with Sue and Ron Racino, um, who are talking about their uh, background in the fundraising field and um, their uh, their consulting work and working, as you said, with uh, with annual funds and many amazing uh, organizations. So I want to talk about uh, this sort of the time that we're in right now, because you can't avoid it. It's uh, unfortunately, I've got to go with that uh, five letter word of, of COVID over here um, yet again in this conversation. But um, COVID has certainly uh, shifted a lot of how things, uh, how organizations operate, how our families and uh, philanthropy in general operates. So um, Sue, over to you. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing um, in this uh, late uh, day as we have this conversation in 2021? Sure, sure. So it's been interesting what's happened with the pandemic because um, those of you out there um, who have lived through the recession, we saw many of the same things happen. Um, During the pandemic, um, we had people at home um, feeling that they just wanted to do something good. So those nonprofits who continue to communicate with their constituency groups raised more money than ever. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like they, they were, um, they wanted to help. So all the nonprofit had to do was communicate with them, explain what was happening to their organization. Ron mentioned homeless shelters. We work with a homeless shelter in Detroit. Pope Francis Center. Shout out to them because they're a great organization. They did, they've did, they done wonderful things. But imagine what happened with them when they couldn't, they couldn't bring people into the homeless shelter. They couldn't um, bring them in for food, shelter, um, showers, things like that. They had to figure out something else to do. So the pandemic um, created a lot of different issues in organizations. And what the trend is now is you have to communicate. Those things are still happening. You have to let your donors know about them. There might be less donors, but the donors who are still contributing are giving more. So you want to continue, um, continue with those. And it's those nonprofits that, that held back and decided we're not going to spend any money right now on communications, on fundraising, because we don't know what the future holds. Those are the organizations that are really suffering right now because they did not uh, continue to communicate with their donors. And uh, we 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 uh, did a number of different educational uh, workshops and things at that time on that very topic. And uh, it, it's those organizations that continued that are thriving. 
Absolutely. Right. Again, I'm chatting with uh, with Sue and Ron Racino, who are uh, fundraising consultants, and uh, you're uh, you've talked about so many of the things that I want to cover, um, which is some of the examples of organizations that you've worked with, and how you are partnering, truly partnering with nonprofits in helping them in raising donations, whether it's in the annual funds, but really allowing them to continue. The need is here more than ever. We're going to have to squeeze in a very quick break, but when we return, I'm going to be rejoined by Sue and Ron Racino. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the book, The Process Driven Annual Fund, and how you are walking the walk in supporting local charities. Again, you're listening to Get Down to Business. Get on my website, shalomkline.com, where you can download more conversations, but more with the fundraising and nonprofit gurus themselves when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm having such a fun conversation about something I am so, so passionate about. And I know that so many of you uh, our amazing listeners here and get down to business are passionate about, which is nonprofits and um, and how organizations are supporting local communities. And uh, my two guests over here are really on the front lines. Um, that is Sue and Ron Racino talking about their work in uh, the fundraising field and nonprofit management. And... Um, We've been chatting about how uh, philanthropy and nonprofits have uh, have shifted and evolved in the face of the pandemic. But um, Ron Racino, back over to you. I want to talk about the uh, the process driven annual fund. In the book, you discuss topics such as uh, direct mail being the top resource for annual gifts, the act of raising awareness versus raising money, and a deeper dive into building trust and loyalty. Maybe you could discuss each of those very briefly. Of course, I'd uh, be glad to. So, so. The the annual fund and direct mail go hand in hand. Um, if you get a, a letter from, for example, the uh, college or university that you went to or a hospital, um, and it's asking you for a gift, that is an annual fund appeal, and it's 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 a part of what we call the annual fund, and which is a process, a year long process, where organizations reach out to their different constituents, asking for. Uh, contributions for support for whatever the whatever the cause is, and um, what what we put together in the book is the process that we have developed over the years that that works. And when when organizations follow the process, they raise more money than they than they have in the past. It's the organizations that try to take a shortcut or or skip certain parts of this process that we've developed that suffer, that that don't raise as much money as they should. In effect, what they're doing is they're cheating themselves by by skipping certain parts of, of the process. It, it's the process of communicating with the right people, the right message at the right time, by thanking them properly and retaining them year after year. It's It's one of the ways that you show that you are being good stewards of their money by talking to donors about the impact of their gifts. And that that's, in essence, what the book is all about. That's uh, that's fantastic. And obviously, we'll make sure that people uh, are able to get in touch with you and, uh, and, and find a copy of the book. But uh, I would be remiss if uh, I didn't finish this conversation by turning back over to you, Sue, because I know. So um, Sue and Ron, uh, both of you are walking the walk by serving local charities in your own community. And I know that's probably the, the most fun that you can have. Um, so Sue, can you tell us a little bit? Uh, I know you've already highlighted an amazing organization in Detroit, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about where else um, this uh, power couple that you are uh, are involved? 
Oh my gosh. Um, so, so Ron and I are um, very excited. Well, personally, we're involved in organizations in our own area, the Children's Museum, the hospitals. We've been involved for years with those organizations, but our, our company helps com- uh, places not, um, nationwide. And we, we work with a lot of community colleges, hospitals, um, all types of organizations that just do good things in the world. And like Ron said before, that makes us so happy to get up in the morning. And um, we we're proud when we look in the mirror and all of our employees, we couldn't do it without them. They're a wonderful oh, awesome. group of people and that's what they do every day. Well, on that note, I want to make sure everybody can get a hold of you, um, whether it's a nonprofit looking for extra assistance or, frankly, just folks that want to learn more about trends in nonprofit and philanthropy. How can people get a hold of the Racinos? So you can um, go to um, our website, and that's racinos.com, R-E-S-C-I-G-N-O-S.com, or you can go on amazon.com and get Ron's book. It's a it's a bestseller, an Amazon bestseller. I love it. <laughs> it's called The Process Driven Annual Fund. And again, Sue and Ron Racino, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. That's a wrap for us here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'll be back next Sunday with some great content, some great information, some great entrepreneurs as always. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. To success, let's get down to business. Have a great week. <laughs>